Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Check this out. Illinois has recreational cannabis, right? What if you want to feel real good without getting high? And how about ordering it online and getting it right to your door? Well, there's this company, Mineral. They do whole plant hemp oil formulations. It's like CBD, but it's more than CBD. Mineral grows the hemp in Colorado. They formulate the product in Colorado, and they create these organic all-plant formulations for anxiety, stress, inflammation, post-at-home workout, and get this, the sleep one. It's fantastic. So what makes them unique is they actually blend these plant components together, things that the body has, like fats and vitamins that actually increase the absorption and effectiveness. So you actually get to feel the benefit of these formulations, truly. The guy who founded the company, Mills is his name. He's coming on the show next week, and you're going to hear his story. He was in Peru. They tried to take out his colon, but he used cannabis oil to recover instead. I know, it sounds trippy, but wait till you hear his story. It's mineral. It's a beautiful company, beautiful formulations. I love the balance. I love the sleep. It's mineralhealth.co. That's M-I-N-E-R-A-L-H-E-A-L-T-H dot C-O. And if you're listening to this podcast, and I know you are, you want to try their formulations, then use code CHICAGO15. That's Chicago spelled out in the number 15. That's C-H-I-C-A-G-O-1-5. You do that, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's 15%. That's only available for listeners of the podcast. So use that code. Thank you, Mineral, and thank yourselves too, because you're going to love this stuff. Cannabis without the high. That's correct. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, April 17th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we got to thank the following unions for sponsoring this podcast. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Thanks, unions, for sponsoring this program. Keep doing that. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, Snowy Friday, give us a song of the day. I'll give you a nice song. A nice song that was on my mind. I'm going to be talking about it later. It's a beautiful morning. The Ben Jarofsky show (laughs) starts now. Wait, hold on. Starts now. Yeah. It is Friday, April 17th, and live from Ben's house, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's the Ramana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Ramana Hussein. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, 
Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Ruth's Crisp Gate Friday. Here's why. So I came home yesterday from my twilight walk, and I was feeling all groovy. I call it a twilight walk, twilight walk because I take it at twilight. Duh. <laughs> it's a lovely time of the day. There's still just a glimmer of daylight. No one on the street, so there's no one for me to duck and dodge as I practice social distancing. Uh-oh, coming too close. Whoosh, cut out in the middle of the street. You know. By the way, that's how I did it. I was swerving one day, and that's how I found a $100 bill on the sidewalk. Only it wasn't really a $100 bill. Well, that's a longer story for another time. Anyway, it's a great moment of the day. A lot of times when I'm walking, this is after the show, and I'm just getting all, all that just like bottled up energy out i sing songs to myself do you? yeah i'm like singing to myself nobody's around nobody can hear how bad i sing yeah you think no one's around but i bet there's people around going yeah. what the hell? hell is this weird guy and i'm like you know so that's why i was singing it's a beautiful morning da, da, da. and i'm just getting in a real nice groove and just thinking oh that was a good show today and that was pretty funny with the leaf blower well that was yesterday's we did a bonus episode and while we, i was interviewing the guy the leaf blower was blowing leaves and Anyway, it was just a funny little thought, and I'm chuckling as I think about it and just going, ah, you know, life's pretty rough with the pandemic, but, you know, I'm going to look on the bright side of things, and I come home just feeling all blissful and groovy, and what do I find? My wife is on a rage. She's saying stuff like, those mother beeping Ruth's crisp. Now, usually my wife is cool, calm, and collected. Last thing I expect to hear her say is, Mother Beep and Ruth Chris. But man, there was like steam coming out of her ears and between the bursts of expletives like, Those Mother Beep and Ruth Chris. She told me the tale, the thing that got her so mad. She'd seen an article. The article was circulating all throughout the internet about Ruth, Ruth's crisps. Is it crisp with a P at the end? Uh, Ruth's crisp. Chris, but I like to put the P on the end for reasons I'm not quite certain of. It's Ruth's Chris. I actually know this place. I went there once with the bowling team. Remember, D? We chowed down on huge chunks of steak. steak. Oh, yeah. I didn't get invited. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you did. Did you? Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, that's a story for another time. So it's a giant chain of steak restaurants with hundreds of uh, restaurants and dozens of locations all over the country. And it had received uh, $20 million in a, a federal loan program that was intended for small businesses like the one my wife owns. And yes, I must point out that the line of objectivity has been uh, erased for this particular tale. Let's just say it's been obliterated because <laughs> I'm living with my wife. I understand when she's angry and she's justifiably angry. By the way, I don't even think that line of journalistic ob objectivity really exists to tell you the truth, but that's a lo longer story for another time. The point is, my wife runs a small business. It has two employees. Thus, I think it qualifies as a definition of a small business. Uh, Ruth Chris, as I said, is a chain, a big business chain, which runs, which has about 5,700 employees. So, you know, if I'm just being an objective observer and I'm determining which company is literally more of a small business than the other, I would do this. I'd say, okay, you got the steakhouse chain, 5,700 employees, and you have the hair salon, two employees. Now, I'm no wizard in math, but let me do the math. Hold, hold on, D. Give me time. One, two employees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And, you know, I think the 5,700 is more than the two. 
So the hair salon is much more eligible, in my humble opinion, for a federal program intended to help small businesses. But guess who got the loan? Yep, Ruth Chris got the loan, $20 million, and Ben's wife, zero. Hence the rage. Those mother beep. So glad you're editing yourself. That's a lot of yes, cursing. No. Yeah, it was a lot of cursing last night. Uh, anyway, my wife was by far not alone in this. Uh, the story about the Ruth Chris giveaway was uh, ran in the Wall Street Journal, and that article was circulating all over the Internet. People everywhere uh, were enraged. Husbands all across the country were walking home after a delightful, blissful walk through the twilight to find their wives raging. Those mother babe. Or maybe it was the wife who came home to find the husband. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, people were outraged. I did the deep dive, started reading about the program. It came out of its uh, the so-called CARES package. We all know that, the $2.1 trillion dollar, uh, stimulus bill, a relief bill that Congress passed. Uh, part of an agreement between the White House and uh, Nancy Pelosi. $2.2 trillion. It was $349 billion subset of the $2.2 trillion CARES program was set aside uh, to help small businesses. They called it, uh, what did they call it? The just lost care. Oh, payroll protection plan. Yes, the payroll protection plan intended to help businesses like my wife's and many others just like it. Uh, but uh, so you would say, well, how could Ruth Crisp get on the Ruth Crisp get on the deal? I know I put that P there. It's not just them. Potbelly was in it too. Potbelly, another giant chain, got ten million dollars. Now I remember when Potbelly was a little shop on Lincoln Avenue, just south of Belden, on the north side of Chicago. This is many, many years ago. I used to go there all the time. There was a one store, and I, the owner, the guy who created, it would be behind the counter. Remember very clearly, they had a jukebox. They let you play. Uh, the jukebox for free. And I remember listening over and over to Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren, a song I loved a lot. It was on the jukebox. I just love going in there, get the sandwich, put on Mac the Knife. Oh, the sharks. Anyway, ancient memories. Because a long time ago, uh, that original owner was bought out and it's now a conglomerate with, I don't know, dozens of locations. I see them in airports across the country. And they have 6,000 employees. Somehow or other, they got $10 million of this program. So, how are these giant chains uh, worthy of a program intended for small businesses? Easy. They or their lawyers read the fine print in the bill. And in that fine print is a provision that protects residents, restaurants, provided they have more, no more than 500 employees at any location. So you can have, let's say, 450 employees at 1,000 different locations. That means 450,000 employees total. But if they're not more than 500 in one location, you can apply for the money and still be eligible for a program intended to help small businesses like my wife's. Yes, uh, it's like my good friend Milo once said, every system has a system. And if you know the system, you can play it. It's a scam, ladies and gentlemen. Paycheck Protection Program is a scam. It's an acronym uh, CARES is an acronym for BEEP YOU, Ben's Wife. No, All of this really. cursing. <laughs> there was a lot of cursing when I came home last night, believe me. Anyway, it kind of reminded me of another uh, scam that I write about from time to time, Chicago's TIF program, and that's the one in which, again, one more time, the city sets aside hundreds of millions of dollars in property tax money each year to help low-income uh, blighted neighborhoods. But thanks to a loophole in the program, most of the money goes to neighborhoods that are neither, bl neither blighted 
nor low income. Every now and then, the city will kick a quarter to some, I don't know, west side or south side entrepreneur, and they'll hold a press conference. They'll make a big deal about it. They'll say, we are looking out for small businesses on the west side and the south side, for entrepreneurs on the west side and the south side. Like, Chicago really cares. There's that word again. Meanwhile, the millions just keep going to the richest, non-blightiest communities. And then we get a pandemic and we realize that residents in black neighborhoods, black people are dying at a higher rate than white people. And everybody's scratching their head like, how could this be? Huh? How could this possibly be? It's like, we didn't know. We're surprised. We're shocked. The system is rigged, everybody, as I find my inner Donald Trump. Now I'm just thinking about that. All the people protesting yesterday in Michigan, Operation Gridlock. They thought Donald Trump was going to drain the swamp. Looks like the swamp is as swampier as ever. Just ask my wife. We got a great show today, everybody. Romano the Sane will be here doing the Romano Rundown every Friday or every other Friday. Uh, she comes on and does uh, the Rundown. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about, political stuff to talk about with Romano the Sane. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man they call the doctor, with the news. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm Dennis. All right, we have uh, quite a bit of Chicago and or Illinois audio to play for all of you this afternoon. But before we do that, who would have thought I would be saying this? We got to talk about Dr. Phil. <laughs> you ruined your life. <laughs> yeah. Or Mr. Phil, as he's now being called online. Phil, actual name Phil McGraw, was on Fox News. He was asked about the pandemic happening at the moment, and he spoke out against all of the stay-at-home orders going on around the country. Uh, I have a little bit of audio here. Will Dr. Phil be at the next Operation Gridlock protest? I don't know. Maybe. Let's do the audio. Like to hear it? Hear it go. Take it away, Dr. P. 250 people a year die from poverty. And the poverty line is getting such that more and more people are going to fall below that because the economy is crashing around us. And they're doing that because people are dying from the coronavirus. I get that. But look, the fact of the matter is we have people dying. 45,000 people a year die from automobile accidents, 480,000 from cigarettes, 360,000 a year from swimming pools. But we don't shut the country down for that. But yet we're doing it for this. And the fallout is going to last for years because people's lives are being destroyed yeah uh well first of all i wouldn't be the first to point out that his numbers are off so he exaggerated the deaths from what the swimming pools and uh, the, the the car accidents etc we've talked about this before um one we're in the middle of a pandemic so it's a, a disease that spreads from one person to another so if you want to limit the, the destruction of the disease, what you do is you limit the interaction of one person to another. And uh, it's a very dangerous disease, particularly for people, older people, uh, people who have asthma. And so, yeah, unless you're just willing to accept the fact that people can get really sick and many people can die and you don't know who, like the wheel will touch on, then, yeah, just open up the economy and let whatever happens, happens. It's like a very nihilistic attitude to have. So it, it doesn't make sense from a medical standpoint for what Dr. Phil is saying. It's really a political point he's making. And the political point is that there is an, obje uh, an objection 
to closing down the economy and hurting the economy at the very moment when Donald Trump is running for re-election and wants to use a strong economy as his narrative to get re-elected. And so it's not looking out for the best interest of the country, it's looking out for the best interest of Donald Trump. I don't make a concession on this point, D. I think that Democrats would be in a similar situation. If it was a Democratic president uh, who was running for re-election and he or she had to deal with the, uh, the epic catastrophe that we're facing right now, the fallout from a pandemic, which includes the possibility that we're heading into a depression because we're having to shut down the economy to protect people's lives. Yeah, they would be concerned, Democrats would be concerned that their president would not get too much of the blame. And so I think what would happen, I hope what would happen, is that you would have a rational president, a logical president, who would somehow or other assure the country that he or she is putting their health interests first, their most immediate health concerns first, without worrying about whether it's going to impact his or her poll numbers, whether he wins like the swing states of Michigan or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania. I, th- I would think that's what the president would do, the Democratic president would do, and address the immediate concerns, the immediate health concerns, and not worry openly about how it's impacting his or her reelection. But that's not what's happening with this president. This president is putting his reelection concerns ahead of everything else. And so that's why I'm having a really hard time taking seriously like the people, Operation Gridlock people, the protesters in Michigan, and Dr. Phil, because it seems as though they're putting the re-election interest of President Trump ahead of our larger health interests. By the way, what did you think of my Dr. Phil impression? I thought it was really good. It's not bad, right? You ruined your life! (laughs) You know, I was never... I have have a confession to make here, D. Yeah. I, I was never a huge Dr. Phil fan. <laughs> no. So, but I was vague memory. Wasn't he affiliated with the Oprah show? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, one of the Oprah lackeys. Yeah, so it's interesting. He's drifting into Trump territory here with, uh, you know, going on Fox TV. Did you say he was on Fox? Yeah, he was on Fox. Yeah, he's, he's sort of drifting into Trump territory. It was always one of those shows that, like, it was just always on, like, when I was growing up, and I would watch it, and I realized it was just the same thing. Like, Dr. Phil was like, he didn't do much. He'd be like, all right, show this video here. And they'd show a video of like uh, their story. And then they'd come back from the video and he'd look at, you have ruined your life. We'll be right back. And then they come back and yeah. they show another video. And then the next person, you ruined your life. Yeah. But, but can, while we're on this, can you just do your Alex Jones imitation? <laughs> what? My Alex Jones imitation? Yeah. He just said, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if we've done this one. On the, we've probably done this at one point or another. Not in the life. attic. Tell your wife. It's not Alex Jones up here. It's just okay. Dennis. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we found the documents. There's fluoride in the water. There is fluoride in the water. Armageddon's coming soon. We'll be right back, everybody. <laughs> and it goes to the commercial. And right now, get your water filtration system from InfoWars. <laughs> dude's making bank, man. Yeah. <laughs> Love him or hate him, yeah. dude's making bank. Uh, well, you know, there's some similarities between Alex Jones and Donald Trump. Uh, but by the way, there was an article in the, uh, where was I read that? I think it was in the New York Times about Michael Savage, the, the, the right-wing talk show host who's cornered the market uh, being um, anti, how do I put this, anti-Rush Limbaugh, uh, anti-Sean uh, Hannity. 
he's the conservative talk show host who's saying it is real and that we should take precautions and that uh, we should hesitate to open up the economy. So he's like cornered the market on like the right wing area. Like he's like trying to talk to the Operation Gridlock people. No, this is real. But he's trying to tell them to do two things at once. You could still love Donald Trump and vote to reelect Donald Trump, but you should also take precautions. He's the anti-Dr. Phil. Michael Savage. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen. No, <laughs> but it's, see, that's the priceless thing about Dennis's imitation of Alex Jones. So he does the Alex Jones imitation, then boom, right to the sales pitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, every time. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all getting, Armageddon is upon us. <laughs> we'll be right back. Right now, get your survival <laughs> seeds from InfoWars. Like, damn, I got to get some of those some seeds. survival seeds. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds good for dinner. <laughs> all right, all right, now let's talk about the local news here. And Ben, who knew there was so much comedic material during a pandemic my goodness we've been getting a lot of uh we got more we have more Lori lightfoot uh stay home ads to play those are hilarious but it looks like jb pritzker our illinois governor is getting involved in this as well first off yes today at the thompson center at 2 30 our illinois governor jb pritzker will be giving his covid19 daily press conference Go check that out for the latest information. Go check it out. But uh, J.B. Pritzker, I guess he watched these Lori Lightfoot videos and was like, huh, I can be funny. So uh, we <laughs> we have J.B. Pritzker uh, spot to play here. Uh, he filmed this. Have you seen this, Ben? No, I've not seen this He filmed this uh, in the shed. Of, well, you're still not going to see it because we're just going to play the audio. But uh, you're going to hear it. Uh, he, was, he filmed this in the shed aquarium. So uh, this commercial features Mr. Pritzker's penguins. <laughs> There's penguins in the video. Oh, they like going. Oh, those are penguins, huh? <laughs> wow. That's more like seals, isn't it? Yeah, that's a <laughs> seal. <laughs> They're penguin seals. <laughs> yeah, please get all the latest information from JB Pritzker, not us. Do that penguin noise again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's play this latest ad from JB Pritzker here featuring penguins. And uh, there's going to be a school of fish. I got to, you know, describe things because you can't really see it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a school of fish. And J.B. Pritzker goes, oh, hey, what is this? Lollapalooza? <laughs> Good times. Check it out. Remember. Uh-oh. Remember, we've got to stay indoors. Stay inside because you're doing your neighbors, your friends, your grandparents, everyone a favor. But if you need to leave your house, make sure you're six feet apart. And that means everyone. All right, now this six works. feet apart, everyone. Hang with the penguins. <laughs> Wellington, the Wellington. penguin. <laughs> what is this? Lollapalooza? Good All right, too many of you together. Schooling groups of 10 or less. Break it up. Remember, wash your hands before and after you eat. 20 seconds, both times. But be careful not to touch your face right after you do it. These are my friends, the garden eels. They're staying in. You should too. Now more than ever, we all need to do our part to support our communities. So let's be all in, Illinois. Well, I got a couple thoughts about this. I had not heard this until you played it. Got a couple thoughts about it. First, it was pretty fun. I like the Wellington part. Uh, But a couple thoughts. Uh, Number one, I got a feeling there was a a meeting behind the scenes at the Pritzker campaign offices or the Pritzker uh, governor's office or whatever going, you know, how come Lori Lightfoot's getting all the credit for, uh, you know, we got to get on this too, JB. So they came up with their own funny versions. Uh, Yeah, we're we're funny too. And, you know, because Lori Lightfoot was on Trevor Noah, right? Trevor Noah had her on uh, talking, you know, and she got to promote 
uh, her sense of humor. So JB wants it on the act. Uh, but you know, JB wants to do a type five. Uh, but the, yes, but the, the 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 contrast, of course, is to the political fallout, uh, the political campaign that's emerging from uh, the Trump camp. And we saw that on full display yesterday with Operation Gridlock in Michigan, where 1,500 cars uh, descended upon Lansing, the capital of Michigan, uh, and to protest the stay at home. They were doing it cautiously, as I pointed out yesterday. They, they did not get out of their cars, except for a relative handful of them got out of their cars. But most people stayed in their cars. I love Trump too much. I got to get out of my car. <laughs> yeah, just the real <laughs> hardcore Trump guys got out of the cars. But some of them were wearing masks. I know that. Uh, some of them were carrying Confederate flags, etc. Um, I, I, I kind of realized, D, that you know everybody's sacrificing. And I thought about this uh, after we did the show, is that... You know, Trump supporters are missing out on one something that they really enjoy, those Trump rallies. You know, before the pandemic, Trump I would have like a couple a month, I want to say. Yeah. He would go like to, he would go to a swing state or you know uh, like a Florida. I love going to Florida. And you know, those thing. daily press briefings just aren't the same. Just aren't the same. So this is their way of saying we want to recreate. You know, that moment where he bashes certain uh, politicians, generally Democratic women, and so then everybody gets a chant, lock them up, and then he bashes the press, and everybody you know, gets the chant, fake news, and then he bashes the Chinese, and then rips Nancy Pelosi, and you know, whatever Democrat happens to be in the headlines at the time, uh, he'll rip them, and uh, so, you know, it's sort of like their way of just getting back to the good old days. I mean, it's kind of part of me. It's sort of like Bulls fans who are really suffering right now because there's no basketball. So I should say basketball fans. Bulls fans sort of got a break that their season came to I mean, to we should just end. say Ben is something. <laughs> the only Bulls fan uh, in Chicago that's suffering. But basketball fans in general are suffering because there's no uh, <laughs> no yeah, basketball. I, I saw someone post uh, last night, one of my friends. Uh, they're like, yeah. Uh, there was like a game of horse or something yes. going on, and Mike Conley won. And I thought, good lord, it's mid-April, and the only basketball we could talk about is some stupid game of horse. No, they, it was around they, yeah, that whole tournament. <laughs> uh, and uh, Zach Levine made it to the finals. It was the most exciting thing for our Bulls fans. Ah, well, if my uncle Eldon knew this was going on, he'd school all of them. He's great at horse. Yeah, it's... Ah, give me the ball, little nanny. <laughs> Well, yeah. All right. I'm not going to uh, I'm gonna avoid taking the horse uh, discussion. So it's sort of like the equivalent of basketball fans looking forward to this new Michael Jordan documentary that's about to drop on Sunday. Unfortunately, D, I will not be able to watch it because I do not have ESPN. You know, I don't have cable. So I'm nope. like, I have to wait till May when it comes on Netflix. So uh, the price I pay. Anyway, so that's what, you know, you, you don't have the real thing. So you just do with what you got. In the case of basketball fans, it's a documentary about a, a great team from 20 years ago. Uh, and in case of Trump, supporters you create your own rallies uh, just without trump but uh trump's he he's he's no dope uh, first of all he probably uh, instigated the rallies or some of his allies and aides uh, put, or it's part of a larger strategy but he himself today right before we went on the air i noticed uh that he was calling on supporters in states and it's very clear which states he picked uh, michigan minnesota and virginia uh, to go to confront their governors who have uh, imposed stay-at-home orders, uh, so it's it's like totally again undermining uh, the the whole message that someone like Pritzker is sending out, which is we need to stay at home, we need to do the equivalent of a show from an attic. We need to get a pet penguin. Man, those things are cool because it's safety. There's health 
considerations at play. Uh, and so you have competing interests here. On one hand, uh, you have Pritzker trying to promote the notion that this is a serious pandemic and uh, you could get, you could die or you could lead to the death of somebody else if you go out and um, just break from the quarantine. And then you have Donald Trump suggesting, well, it's all sort of a political show put together by Democrats to undercut him. And so he's getting his supporters to rally around the notion that we should end it. And I don't know, D. I mean, this is, this is of all the confrontations of the Trump era, potentially the most dangerous because it's not just about wrangling over who gets what, like I just talked about in the care bill where they write uh, the, the, the fine print, make sure that uh, restaurants, big-time operations can take advantage of a program intended to help s small businesses. That's a scam. Yes, and it's um, outrageous, but the other thing, like trying to undercut the message that the health experts are sending out could expose people to the virus so we could keep the pandemic going. So it's a, it's a very scary time on, on many, many levels. So here you have J.B. Pritzker trying to be funny and clever and, you know, promote like the larger I mean, that health That Lollapalooza joke was awesome. What is this, Lollapalooza? Get out of here. Yeah, he's trying to be funny about it, which I can appreciate. Wellington the Penguin, right? Uh, and then you have Donald Trump saying, don't believe him. So mixed messages, lots of mixed messages. Yeah, we're all confused. What do I do? I don't know. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Lori's latest uh, Stay Home, Save Lives slash Census 2020 video. Uh, but man, the live stream chat is killing it. I was going to wait till the end of the segment, but let's just go to the live stream chat now. First off, our good friend, Jim Irwin, Jim, what's up, dude. Thank you so much for finding our show and listening. Uh, he says, Lori Lightfoot on TV right now talking about smokestack demolition. Jim, don't, I appreciate that, but don't go telling people to stop listening. All right. Let's go watch it later. Everybody. Uh, shout out to Jim and Fred. Fred is on the, he was, he joined the live stream chat yesterday. He's back for more, Ben. We didn't scare him away. No, no, Fred, yeah. And Fred's awesome here. He's a uh, Curtis Mayfield fan. Fred says, big penguins become big penguins <laughs> when little penguins are allowed to grow. Big <laughs> problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, those are good old days. That was from a budget uh, speech, as I recall, right? <laughs> yeah, remember the those budget speeches? Huh, remember uh, the studio? <laughs> Not this I attic. I'll tell you what. I was just talking about this. Dennis loves the attic, man. I'm warming up to it. Did you get your coffee today? Yeah. Oh, good. You got your coffee? Yeah, man. You got a little something to eat there, too? Yeah, you're okay. Uh, my wife makes some peanut butter sandwich. Life is good for Dennis, all right? The other day, he was complaining. Uh, could you just cut the... I don't like the crust. Could you take the crust? Uh, yeah, just get the, the crust off. I Although, mean, there are times when I do get a little upset, like uh, when the leaf blower comes <laughs> to your house. All right, let me just say this. Uh, we had, we did a bonus show yesterday. Uh, Mark Garino came on, a writer for the Washington Post and the, my beloved Chicago Reader, and he, he had done a, a beautiful essay uh, to uh, paying homage to John Prine, the great uh, singer-songwriter who died last week. So uh, I'm a John Prine fan. I thought it would be a good idea to do a bonus segment uh, where we talk about John Prine's great songs, his legacy, et cetera, and so forth. And um, so right in the middle of, <laughs> of our interview, uh, the leaf, some guy with a leaf blower <laughs> right outside our window. <laughs> And I'm like, we're not doing this interview until the leaf blower's done. You're like, oh, man, come on. Let's do it. Like, dude, we can't. 
be doing an interview with the leaf blower going on the entire time. Somehow or other, we did. We had the leaf blower going. We had... We're pros here, uh, guys. The, the brown line roaring by. We had the metro... Going by. Was that a penguin? Yeah, it was a penguin driving a train. And then... Mark's dog started barking. Remember that, D? We had the yeah. dog barking, the leaf blower guy, the train. It's a great interview, though. <laughs> yeah. It's a great interview. I almost just, I almost just quit. Said, I'm done. But no, it, it went well. Uh, go check out that interview. Uh, so for anybody listening right now, and they listen to that, listen for the leaf blower. Yeah, and the dog. You'll yeah. hear the dog really clear. It's a couple points. <laughs> ruff, ruff. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Brianna weighed in on your uh, penguin imitation, by the way. She says, wow, Ben's penguin noise sounds <laughs> sounds like uh, opening that rusty gate at my family farm back home. <laughs> oh, that was Kyle who said that. Sorry oh, about sorry, that. That was God. Kyle who yeah. said that. Uh, I don't really know what a penguin sounds like. Not that. Oh, I can tell you that. It's more like a seal. I just, I just started doing my seal noise. But you know, I mean, JB's a little late on the jokes. You know I, wish you, I wish you would have ran that uh, penguin noise by me there on the pre-show. Prep. Uh, yeah, it does sound like a creaky gate now that I think about it. A little late on the on the jokes. Maybe if he'd done that joke before Lori did her jokes, uh, he'd have been on the Trevor Noah show. Huh? And, and speaking of Lori Lightfoot, she just released, uh, I was probably like two days ago, I don't know. We're kind of behind. Time's crazy, all right, in the attic. But we got the uh, latest uh, Stay Home, Save Lives video from Lori Lightfoot. And in this video, she uh, adds in also, hey, fill out that census. You got nothing going on. So uh, this is about a minute 30, a little uh, extra than that. Ben, let's take a listen to this and weigh in with your thoughts. Hello, Chicago. Hi. Me again. <laughs> I'm Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And I'm back with some help on some fun things you can do while you're staying home and saving lives. Ah, Chicago in the springtime. Get some fresh air by checking your mail. Oh, look, my 2020 census form came. Travel around the world, wide web, and learn a foreign language online. Es hora de computar su censo. Start a puzzle you'll never finish, but be sure to finish your census. Video chat with your friends so they remember what you look like. Cook up your own Chicago-style pizza. And when that all goes wrong, support local restaurants with takeout or delivery. Mm, delicious. Filling out your census is another way to support our city and make sure that we get our slice of the billions of dollars in federal funding. Come on now, take the 2020 census. It's fast, like less than 10 minutes fast and it's vital to directing federal funding to all of our communities for things that we know are important and ensuring that we've got fair representation in Congress. So really, there's no better time than right now. While you're staying home and saving lives, take the census survey. Please make yourself count. Uh, I like that line, uh, we get our slice, just after she got the pizza. Listen. <laughs> Uh, Lori's feeling this funny bit. By the way, she said... Uh, Catch her at Zany's yeah, when it opens back up. For things to do when you're staying at home. Did she? Uh, I, in the longer version of the commercial, did she mention getting a haircut? 
Oh, but her, no, but her hair did look really nice in that video. I say it was worth it. Uh, it looked great. Mixed messages from uh, Mary. No, I know you're not supposed to talk about her haircut. By the way, I'm going to ask Romana saying about the haircut because, you know, we, we really didn't take the deep dive in Lori's haircut. Uh, and that was the story from last week. It was uh, Lori got very mad when uh, Mayor Lightfoot, I should say, uh, got very upset when people asked her questions about getting the haircut. So after imploring people to stay at home, she went out and she brought someone in her house to get a haircut. Remember, the joke was, you know, it's not a nece- necessary thing uh, to get your hair colored. And then she got the haircut. And that was uh, last week. In pandemic time, that was uh, two years ago. Yeah, well, you know. But she's back with the funny uh, commercial. So it's good. Again, it's, it's good. It, I, obviously it works. People like it. People clearly like Lori Lightfoot D. And I'm going to tell you something. If you get in the business of making fun of mayors, uh, that people in Chicago really like. You're going to get yourself a lot of enemies, all right? I can just tell you about that. From my own personal experience dealing with Richard M. Daly uh, in the 90s and the early O's, a lot people just fall in love with their mayors here in Chicago. They love a powerful mayor. They just view the mayor as sort of like the, the mother or father figure, the person who's protecting them, and they don't like it when you make fun of uh, their mayor. So uh, I'm not really going to try not to make fun of Lori <laughs> Life for getting that haircut and then telling us to stay at home and order in, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, but yeah, very important to fill out the census form. That's another political uh, game that goes on. The, the more people that live in Chicago, the more money Chicago can get from the feds. And uh, very important, we're going to pay our bills. Uh, we have, we're going to be having huge uh, financial obligations to confront. We talk about this a little bit with Jeff Johnson. When when this pandemic passes because there'll be uh, less in sales tax, utility tax, et cetera, and so forth. So uh, it's very important to get as much of the federal money as we can and not let it go to the Billies and Ruth Chris. Haven't forgot that of the world. Uh, so, yeah, funny stuff from Lori Light. Yeah, there. guys, forget about everything before the quarantine. Lincoln Yards, Lincoln Yards. She's funny. Yeah, she, yeah forget, forget about Lincoln Yards, everybody. She's funny, yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kyle. Kyle asks, Dennis, you're not going to replace that Lori Ding with the Lori Piano Keys from this census commercial? No, I, I like the last one. Yeah. Ding. Ding. <laughs> I'm keeping that one. Okay, moving on. And oh, by the way, Ben, so what do you think about, um, okay, stay home, save lives. All right, we get that. What do you think about her uh, census 2020 twist? Yeah. That's she was tying the two together. It's very important. Again, like I said, it's very important to uh, get people to fill. I filled out my form. I did it before the pandemic. I want to say, oh, overachiever uh, yeah, over here. I I Maybe I didn't. I mean, you know, now that I think about it, the pandemic's been going on for quite a while. I think it's been a month. D. We've been in the attic for a month. Yeah, absolutely. Good God. The seventeenth, I believe. No, the eighteenth was our first. First show, right? show uh, was the eighteenth. Yes, you're right. The uh, last show uh, at the studio was the seventeenth. And we didn't have guests, so, you know, it was like, what, the the 13th was the last time we had guests in the studio. Uh, yeah, so it has been a long time, so I don't know when I, but I did fill out my census form. I sent it, and I was very dutiful about it, and uh, so yeah, very important to send in those census forms. Uh, Chicago's going to need a lot of federal assistance, because we're going to be facing some huge obligations. So, yep, it's a nice message that she makes, but as I said, we're heading for a larger political fallout, because the other side is making a different political message, and that is you don't have to stay at home. There is no imminent threat. It's no worse than swimming accidents or car accidents or cigarette deaths, which is interesting, by the way. I mean, there are things you could do to limit the number of people who die uh, in car crashes. We talk, I think I may have mentioned this, but I mean, the, the federal, it's like you have, 
safety belts in part to protect people from so it's not like you just throw your hands up in the air and go oh well you know everybody dies every year by car accidents. oh well there's nothing we can do about it so i don't either believe in the science or you don't you either believe that uh doctors are giving you sound advice that will protect you and your loved ones or you just have this nihilistic attitude that uh the world's coming to an end anyway you're gonna die anyway so get back to work and vote for donald trump Either one or the other, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, shout out to Jay Marie. Jay Marie, what's up? Welcome back to the Ben Jarosky Show live stream chat. It's always great to have you around. Uh, okay, let's get to these, uh, these videos here that I have. I found these on Twitter when I was on Lori Lightfoot's Twitter feed. Uh, and I guess uh, somebody, Lori, somebody in the city, I don't know, reached out to uh, Chicago musicians, maybe tweeted it, and uh, asked for their rendition of Sweet Home Chicago, the Blues Brothers classic, Sweet Home Chicago. Ben, how's that sound? Sweet Home Chicago. <laughs> that song. Yeah. Uh, I guess they asked people to give their rendition of Sweet Home Chicago, but instead, Stay Home Chicago. Okay. All right? Uh, I have quite a few videos here. Uh, I believe I have like six. It's crazy. So what we're going to do is we're going to play these videos. Uh, we have different versions. We have acapella, acoustic, some hipster made a beat and sang over it. Uh, so we're going to play all of these. And Ben Jarofsky, you're going to pick which one's the best. How about that? It's like, it's like Star Search okay. on the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, right? What's the other one? Uh, uh, the first one. I want to be like Simon. Oh, uh, Simon. Yeah. There we go. There Remember we go. Remember how mean Simon was? Yeah, he was the yeah. mean guy. What was Brutally the honest. American uh, Idol. American Idol, yeah. I saw the, the, the episode, in, I mean, the uh, the season in 2007, I want to say. Yeah, well, do, and, uh, do your Simon cow. Fixed. Let's just lose all these uh, British listeners we got, you know? Let's go for it. All right, so our first uh, musician is a gentleman by the name of Nate Cox, uh, he sent this video over to Twitter. Uh, it's his version of Sweet Home Chicago, but Stay Home Chicago. Live stream chat, weigh in, please. Give us, let's, uh, let's get your votes in, all right? We'll do a little live voting here. Here we go. Nate Cox with his acoustic rendition of Sweet Home Chicago. She said no, Lori won't let me. I knew you'd like this. I'm at home <laughs> because life would won't let me go. <laughs> I know there ain't no more snow, but still stay home, Chicago. <laughs> that was number one, Nate Cox. And for those uh, wondering, yes. He's a hipster. I saw okay. it on the Twitter. Right. What'd you think of that one, Ben? Well, okay, I'm going to do Randy. Remember Randy? They were like a bunch Hell yeah, of I remember. Randy. Come on, dog. Uh, I like it. I like it. I like your style. I like I, I like a lot about it. I like I, I like where you're going. I like it. Keep keep at it. I mean, yeah. Good. What was the lady's name on the the original judge? She was uh, Paul Abdul? Yeah, Paul Abdul. I love it. <laughs> that, wow okay that could you be... imagine if ken davis was one of the uh <laughs> judges by the way kenny d's coming on the show i gotta cut a deal with him <laughs> <laughs> almost as good as your ping, almost as good as your penguin impression <laughs> penguin loves it <laughs> somehow it's getting worse and worse this <laughs> impression you did 
All right, so we heard Nate Cox. His acoustic. By the way, it didn't sound like Sweet Home Chicago. Can no, it's their rendition. They're doing like cover songs, you know? That sounds like, okay, oh, I don't get that break when I start singing my songs. <laughs> no. Like, uh, you know, it's a beautiful moon. Stay home, Chicago. Now, obviously, I've listened to all of these. So this next one we're about to hear is old producer Dennis's pick for the winner. Oh. This feller's name is David... Uh, I'm having a bin moment here. I can't read my own handwriting. Mm. David Blamiers. I mean, like, is, if David Blamiers is listening, sorry if I butchered your last name. This is David Blamiers and his rendition of Stay Home Chicago accordion style. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Baby, I don't want you to go. Yeah. <laughs> Come uh. on. <laughs> Gotta protect this place. <laughs> Stay home, Chicago. <laughs> Stay home. If there's nowhere that you need to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stay home. Hell yeah. And go in your place today. Yeah. Gotta protect this place. Stay home, <laughs> Chicago. Give him the prize, uh, David Blamiers. I love you. I loved it. That was my sign. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. By the way, I'm getting it all mixed up because of my British accent. I've been watching this uh, show, um, Giri Haji. It's on Netflix, which I'll be talking about Romano saying I'm really into this show. It's a, a Japanese detective goes over to England to solve a murder. Anyway, it's on Netflix. It's really good if you're into uh, detective shows. So I got these British accents on my mind. Remember, um, what was the one I was doing for the longest time? Uh, Mick Jagger, the Cockney. No, no, no. Bro. Uh, oh, Broadchurch. Broadchurch. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I get, I love this guy. Yep, yep. Okay. And I like the accordion. I like the like the freedom. He let he he just let it go. You know, he didn't care if he could sing. That's a good one. Like it. So mm. far, I think we have our winner, but we well, got, we got, we got a lot more to go yeah, here. All right. That was David Blamir's right. accordion version of Stay Home Chicago. And yes, Ben's going to sing his version of Stay Home Chicago at the end of all this. <laughs> Don't oh, worry, oh, I listeners. am. I didn't know that. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't part of the pre-show prep. Uh, there, dude, you showed it. was like five minutes before the show. We had hardly any time. All right. Let's uh, do Mike, I believe. is it? Yeah, Mike. Let me try to read this fellow's last name. Mike. Mamon. Yeah, I butchered that more than likely. But his version is a piano version of Stay Home Chicago. This is pretty good, too. I don't know. I, maybe not as good as the accordion. I don't know. Live stream audience, please weigh in, and we'll decide who the winner is. <laughs> I kind of like the hipster dude, man. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Lori, Lori told me. <laughs> Catch him at Logan Square. All right, here we go. Uh, piano rendition of Stay Home Chicago. I don't What's that? Have you seen this? Yeah. Is the guy really playing the piano? Yeah. Mike Mamone. I, 
That was good piano playing. Yeah, it was. I don't know. The, I mean, I like the accordion guy. He's got a lot of energy. Like the hipster. He's got a, like, he's really putting it all in there. But the piano guy is like a legitimate piano player. So kind of leaning toward him. Let's see what Randy has to say. Oh, yeah. What does Randy, give, give us what Randy, Paula, and Simon, all three have to say. Now, please explain which impression is which. Uh, they're all kind of merged. I'm just going to have Ken Davis. Got Kenny D on my mind. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, I like that guy. Good piano player. All right. So, so far we've had hipster Nate Cox. Uh, more hipsters to come in this bay. Uh, <laughs> David Blamiers with his accordion uh, song. Uh -huh. We had Mike uh, with his piano version. Ben, how about a duet? That's what we need, a duet. Okay. Yeah, we have a duet here. Uh, this duet comes from Maeve and Quinn. All right. They reached out and posted their song on Twitter. Like to hear it? Here it goes. Here's a duet. Come on, baby, I don't want you to go. Come on, baby, I don't want you to go. Gotta protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. Stay home if there's nowhere I can need to go. Stay home. If there's nowhere that you need to go Gotta protect this place Stay home, Chicago Boom! I was laughing because Dennis uh, <laughs> flicked on a light there just like we were at a real concert yeah, back in the day, man. Yeah, uh, yeah no, good, good job. <laughs> good job. Mm. Oh, the the harmony, excellent. The the piano, uh, the, the piano, the guitar. Yeah, a little uh, Silver Sun pickups vibe. I kind of still like the accordion dude, though. <laughs> I know accordion dude. Accordion guy awesome. just let it go. You know, <laughs> you know, like a little Tim Dillon thing going there. <laughs> just, just unafraid to let his freak flag fly. I can really appreciate that. All right, so we've heard a piano rendition. By the way, you're going to get sick of this song at the end of this segment. Uh, we've heard a piano rendition, acoustic guitar. We've heard uh, the duet. How about a band? Huh? Mm, a whole full-fledged band? Uh, eh, it's just a lady and a guy. Oh, okay. You know, social distancing. But it's the White Mystery Band. Let's hear what the, uh, their song. Hi, I'm Alex White. Hi. I'm Francis White. And hey. we are White Mystery. <laughs> One, two, three, stay home. lady does a solo now which i'm kind of overdoing it lady oh stay home chicago oh, I like yeah 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy sounded awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like the guitar solo. I, like, yeah. I give her credit for the guitar solo, but I still go with the accordion guy. That's my guy. So right far, now. accordion man yeah. in the lead. Wow, yeah. Ben really likes that accordion. Yeah, just because you know, let it all hang out, man. Why not? You're stuck at home. You can't go anywhere. You're losing your mind. The leaf blower is blowing. <laughs> just let it out. It's like me walking at night, singing songs to myself, thinking great thoughts. <laughs> Nobody's around. Only this guy recorded it and put it on Twitter. So can you imagine me walking down the street and recording well, I think it's going to happen tonight. I'm going to get my phone out while you go on your walk, and we're going to record you doing that. All right, so that was the White Mystery Band. Yeah, I guess that was a couple, so uh, that was their version of it. It kind of sounded like uh, the Ramones, the Strokes a little bit, you know what I mean? All right, on to our next one. Uh, this one here is acapella. Mm, okay, acapella. I got it. Okay. Acapella from a, a lady named Crystal Metcalf is right. her name here. She sent it out to Twitter. Uh, let's see here. It's loading up. So, Crystal Metcalf, take it away with your acapella rendition of Stay Home Chicago. Come on, <laughs> baby, I don't want you to go. Bound, bound, bound. Come on. <laughs> It's like the uh, yeah. I accidentally interrupted oh, that one, but okay. you get it. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, one more time. I give it a lot of credit for letting it go and not having any inhibitions. Uh, and a couple, a couple moments was like, well, okay, all right, but uh, no, that's that's kind of my Randy. Okay, okay. And then, well, you gotta say dog. That was always his yeah, thing. Dog. Right? Okay, dog. What well, did he call women dogs? Okay, dog. <laughs> and, probably uh, did. And, oh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't and know. Paul, I love it. I love it. Oh my god! Remember, she would kind of jump up and down, and Simon would be like, hmm, I don't know. You rubbish, you know. Why, how'd you even get here? And what was the guy's name? Oh, I found him so annoying. R Ryan, remember Ryan? Oh, Ryan Seacrest. Oh. <laughs> Hi, Ryan Seacrest here. Boy, who are you going to pick? Vote on Ryan <laughs> right now. I like them all. <laughs> you have a good Ryan uh, Seacrest. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I like her enthusiasm, but I, I still like uh, the accordion guy is... Do you have another one? Do I have another one? <laughs> uh, Jeff says, if I never hear Sweet Home Chicago again. I, that's so funny. All right. Yeah, we got another acoustic song. All right. Here. Dylan, like. I like the guitar playing. You know, I'm so envious of people who can play the guitar. Uh, I've tried it. I actually took lessons once, Dean. I just <laughs> yeah. was terrible at it. I flopped at it. Uh, 
and my wife can play the guitar. I'm just envious of people who can play the guitar. Uh, by the way, my wife's guitar teacher, we should get him on the show. The guy's very political. Zoe, if you're out there listening, very political guitar uh, player, and he's got a lot of strong opinions. Love to get his thoughts on this. Oh, God, he'd probably be ripping these people. But uh, <laughs> he's very critical. He was like one of those rock guys who's really critical, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, I appreciate the guitar playing, but that accordion guy is still the champ. By the way, wow. do, you have, uh, do you have a Donald Trump one? Uh, Donald uh, singing "Stay Home Chicago." No, it would go. It would be "Go Out Chicago." Don't believe the hoaxers. <laughs> that would be the Donald Trump version. <laughs> go out. He's gonna have a press conference tonight and go. This is what I'm doing to cure you. Meanwhile, go out, get the disease. I'm Donald Trump. Sorry, I just, Donald Trump, Trump version. Go out, get the disease, and pass it on. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got two more. Okay, okay guys, yeah. hang with us, live stream audience right, and downloaders. Right. We got two more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, this one here, oh, our second hipster has uh, sent their uh, song here. I bet there were more hipsters than just... Yeah, I'm sure there were more that yeah. I just couldn't find. A lot find. of hipsters out there. I, I got nothing against hipsters. I like hipsters, all right? Okay. Catch, get that clear. catch Ben at Pitchfork uh, <laughs> when it comes back, all right? He'll be there. All right, so uh, <laughs> we got another... This guy uh, made beats... Uh, Boy, Radiohead fans, you, you got your winner. So come on, baby, you don't need to go. <laughs> no. Yeah, come on, baby, you don't need to go. No, let's keep everybody safe and stay home, Chicago. Right, Stubbs? Yeah. Cause two doubles to four and three doubles to six before you even know it you made everybody sick baby you don't need to go where's my lighter let's keep everybody safe and stay home chicago that's <laughs> and just like Please. Radiohead, oh, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, pal. And just like Radiohead, boy, I'm depressed as hell. <laughs> I was going to say it was like a dirge. <laughs> it's like Bob Dylan released another song today, D, or he released it last night. I listened to it today. He's getting real dirgy. Uh, so uh, <laughs> dirgy. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. No, I mean, I like the. I like the effort, but um, no dog. Mm. Oh, that was a good Randy. You're getting better at your Randy. <laughs> oh, dog. Sometimes I like remember he just didn't like it. He would just mm, 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 you know do that. And it's like, oh, it was rubbish. <laughs> okay, Simon. You gotta say bloody. Yeah, bloody rubbish. <laughs> Hello, mate. All right, we got one right, final here song here. All right, uh, let's see. So we've heard so much, so much variety. I, I wrote here. them down. I've yeah. got them all written down. We got accordions, pianos, acoustic guitars. So far, accordion in my book is. That dude's awesome, right? Because he let it go. He just let it go. <laughs> Tim Dillon. Wow, I'm going to let it go. All right, we got another duet as our final oh, one. Good. Let's duet it. Here it is. Come on, baby, won't you stay? Baby, won't you stay at home? Come on, baby, won't you stay? Baby, won't you stay at home? Got to protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. 
Now five and five is ten. That's how this virus spreads. Got to respect that social distancing. <laughs> come on, come on. Baby, won't you stay at home? Baby, won't you stay at home? Gotta protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. <laughs> I like that one, dude. Yeah? I, yeah. Uh, acapella again with the hand claps. I, You know what? That's who I give it to, right? Oh, there. really? The do uh, do they have names or? A name oh, yeah. Them? So sorry. This is uh, Carly Ann Martina, well, uh, hipster with the beat machine, uh, depressing all of us. Was <laughs> Danny E. Harris, uh-huh. and yeah, that's it. That's all right. It. Let's get a. We'll call it a tie between the uh, the clappers uh, and the accordion, and uh, we're sending out our uh, blue Mustang to each one. Each one gets a blue okay. Mustang. No one participating in the the great contest. Uh, and I, you know, appreciate all the contestants. Isn't that what Simon would say? Oh no, he was like rah, rubbish. Oh, there's no appreciation going on with that <laughs> mean guy. Uh, but I still like uh, Donald Trump's version. Go out, get the disease, and drop dead. Okay. <laughs> oh, way to really lift up those spirits today. <laughs> well, that's our president. Show. You know, go out. Who cares what Pritzker says? Oh, everybody likes that last one, that duet. They said good harmony. Uh, that last one's not bad. Uh, KMA, you're implying that all the other ones were bad, <laughs> by the way. Just letting you know. Uh, and, yeah, that's it. So I, I think up? the last one. Yeah, really. I thought they had uh, the most musical talent, I would say. So I'll give the last one. That's what I'm going with. All right. That was a little Friday fun. I had fun doing that. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, it's our Romana Rundown with Sun-Times editor Romana Hussein. Guys, you're listening to The Ben Jarofsky Show live from Ben's house. Take it away, David Blamiers. <laughs> come on. Baby, I don't want you to go. Come on, baby, I don't want you to go. Gotta protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. Stay home if there's nowhere that you need to go. Oh, yeah, stay home. Hang low in your place today, yeah. Gotta protect this place. Stay home, Chicago. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan.
Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's Attic. Romana Hussein with me. Romana, uh, the Romana Rundown every Friday. Or we try to do it every Friday in the Ben Jarofsky Show. We didn't do it last Friday, but we got her back right now. Can you hear me okay, Romana? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, coming through loud and clear. I can see you. No one else can see you. We're doing this uh, on our Facebook phone here. Special Facebook Messenger phone. Works best. <laughs> we've tried, Romana, we've tried every single possible platform uh to for these phone interviews since we, i moved to the attic and um well let's just put it this way some are worse than others and this one seems to be the best one so how are you first of all how are you doing are you uh, you're now into a month uh into working out of your home you're a, ve- a very uh, extroverted person you like to engage other people talk to other people you're friendly you're outgoing uh, are you losing your mind yet um, I don't know if I'm losing my mind. I mean, maybe I am a little. I I, I was it's it's Mick's birthday today. Mick is my husband, Mick Dumkey, and I told him I had a dream last night uh, that uh, there was all these people in the house for his birthday, but they were mostly my friends. <laughs> and I I told him I'm like yeah I don't know what the and, and there were people from work there and it was just like there were people everywhere. So and, and I told them they're mostly my friends. So I'm saying it probably I, it's just a symbol of me missing people and not seeing them. So it's okay. I, I think I'm handling it decently, but you know I, I have like uh, several you know while I'm working um, editing copy, I also have several group chats going on with my friends throughout the day. And you know every day we're all like I'm tired of this, I'm sick of this, and you know getting updates from people because I have friends who have friends who you know have relatives who are affected by the coronavirus right in fact right before we um got on a friend of mine told me that her cousin's father-in-law passed away from coronavirus 
um, complications related to coronavirus. And her one of her cousins who got it, she's the uh, in the medical field. I think she's a doctor in New York. She was doing well, but then she's not doing as well as she was before. So it's it's maddening because you're hearing all these sad stories and then you know trying to stay sane. And one of the things I was talking about yesterday with Mick was. I think the reason why people are getting so exhausted, like me, I'm not a germ freak. I, I know some people are really, um, you know, OCD types or, or just like really, like they're really conscious about germs and which is good. My mom wishes she kind of pushed it into us because I'm very carefree about that. But, you know, just remembering when you go outside, like you're like, did I touch this? Did I touch that? I'm going outside with gloves, even when it's not that cold outside. So it's like everybody's just kind of, and then, you know, when you're walking, it's kind of like a video game because you're trying to avoid everyone. And I think that just adds like the extra, extra pressure when you're going outside. I went running today and, you know, I was on Sheridan Road and it was like a narrow sidewalk. I couldn't go anywhere. It's the only other place I could go in was the street. And I do try to run in the street, but there's a lot of cars coming and this older man was walking by me and I was trying to go on the edge but he was giving me a dirty look and I'm like well what do you want me to do like run into the street so it's like everybody's just so on edge you know and I don't know I don't think I'm someone that's that on edge but I just feel like I'm always kind of when I go outside for my walks I'm like okay I gotta wash my hands sometimes I forget to wash my hands and I go hurry up wash your hands and then I go wait did I touch this doorknob did I touch that doorknob and you know it just you know, you just start worrying about things and worrying about whether you're going to infect anybody else. So it's been a challenge, but um, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to deal with it. I think our um, elected leaders are aren't telling. You know, they, I think they're telling giving us, you know, the stay at home orders piecemeal because this could be longer than April 30th for sure. Well, that brings me to this point. Uh, and by the way, before I go here, I have to tell you when you were recounting your. Uh, the 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 incident with the older gentleman today when you're running it brought back so many memories uh over the last couple of weeks of the walks this it's like this silent communication uh that i do with other people who are coming at me when we're on the sidewalk i have never i've never vocalized i've never said i'll move here you stay there i just do you know what i mean it's like it's like a game of chicken there's two people approaching each other from opposite end distant yeah. opposite ends and so someone's gonna have to move otherwise you're going to violate the six feet rule right so at some point you have to somebody makes the move and once i made the move and then the other person at yeah. the same time made the move so like uh, that's when i had to okay i'll go this way <laughs> you go you know you don't really want to talk to people when you're walking and doing the social distancing but yeah sometimes yeah i i try to i try to walk um as uh, far as i can and there was a funny incident last week that happened when i was walking this older man took off his mask and then he took off his mask just to tell me, I see you look like, he said, he said something like, he goes, oh, I can tell that you're from India. And I said, yeah, you know, my parents are um, Indian. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. He just took off his mask to tell me I looked Indian. Wow. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you're from India. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I think I saw him the other day and he was like, weren't you looking for apartment and took off his mask again to talk to me? So he really I likes you. Funny, but yeah. So I, I was telling Nick about it and he was like, that's so weird. I'm like, well, you're not Indian, so you don't get these questions. It's very normal. But even during the time of coronavirus, I'm getting the, are you Indian comments? But it was, it was kind of funny. It made me laugh. So, Ramana, you mentioned that uh, the messages that are being put out by our leaders, uh, we just played some more uh, 
public service announcements. We just played somebody, Pritzker, where he's being humorous. He's picking up where Lori Lightfoot uh, staked out that humorous turf. And then we also played another of uh, the latest from Lori Lightfoot, who's, again, being funny. At the meantime, uh, Donald Trump uh, is sending out the exact opposite message. Uh, he Today's press conference, I don't know if he's, he was talking about uh, that um, – uh, people in states like Michigan, Minnesota, and Virginia should liberate themselves uh, from their governors who have these yeah. restrictive stay-at-home messages. So it's com- sending out a completely different message. And yesterday, uh, in the state of Michigan, we had Operation uh, Gridlock, which was a protest in which about a thousand or thousand five hundred uh, people in cars uh, drove to the state capitol to shut things down and protest the stay-at-home orders. Uh, it completely mixed messages this is in the danger of becoming a partisan issue uh you know like yeah the- and uh, that and that it, it just baffles me why that would be a partisan issue because it's this is a um, issue of safety i don't like being stuck at home either and trust me it's hard to keep me inside i you know i do try to like drop off food at my mom like that's my social activity and i do like going to the groceries but i am considering that um how much i like to go outside i am trying to stay in so i don't understand that some of the people that were out in michigan yesterday um it was interesting because some of them had masks on and 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 then some of them were in their cars so it's like if you are if you think you're immune to this just get out of your car and start walking start hugging each other you know i'm just saying it's interesting that it's become a partisan issue and they have issues with um, her name is God Gretchen. Uh, what's her last Whitmer. name? Michigan mm-hmm. governor. Yeah. Whitmer. Whitmer. Yeah. So it's it's like they have issues with her because because she, she's you know it, it's just very it's very interesting that it's become a political issue when it's a health issue. And I you know I'm reading some of the comments people are saying they're like yeah we don't believe what the so-called doctors like Dr. Fauci is saying so. Doctors are becoming so-called, you know, doctors, you know, people who are actual uh, medical health experts are people are de- uh, denying what they're saying. But they'll they'll listen to President Trump, who doesn't have a degree in medicine. So it's just very interesting. I, I didn't get the I didn't even get the protest in Michigan. I, you know, I don't understand why anybody would do that. But there were people on the steps of the Capitol wearing masks. And, and then they were holding guns, too. So, and Confederate flags and um, among other things. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I, I find it very interesting that there's this divide. And, and one of the things that's kind of scary is that there may be that divide. Maybe some states will open up. And, you know, obviously everybody wants to be back to normal again. But what if there's some states that, you know, have governors who are Trump supporters and they open their borders quicker and then the rest of us might be still be sheltering in place. I mean, we're still all going to be in jeopardy. We're all in this together. So it's it's just interesting how it's become a bipartisan issue. Yeah, well, it's, as I said earlier, uh, this the pandemic and uh, the ensuing economic meltdown uh, totally undercuts Donald Trump's message that he was putting out about his presidency and why people should vote for him. And that is because the environment, he's made the, uh, the country, the country's never been greater. The economy's never been stronger. Uh, the stock market's booming. People are working. And suddenly we're facing this um, recession or depression. And so he's putting out this counter message. 
as opposed to just being the president and people are picking up uh, picking on it i can't imagine that this would be an electable issue i mean i can't imagine that uh Anybody other than the most diehard Trump supporter would fall for this kind of rhetoric where, it, you're right, it's the so-called doctors are saying this is dangerous, but Donald Trump says uh, it's not. Or they'll get Dr. Phil. I know, Dennis played some bits from Dr. Phil. I don't know if you remember Dr. Phil from the Oprah. Yeah, I heard he's on, he was on Fox News. I heard, I heard he was on Fox News. Yeah, he's finding his... What was he saying? Well, he was, he was saying more lines of stuff that Sean Hannity... Uh, had been saying several weeks ago, which is they they point out people die in auto accidents. We don't shut down the economy because people die in auto accidents. People die from cigarette smoke. We don't shut down the economy because people die from cigarette smokes. And um, you know, I mean, it's the re- rebuttal is obvious. It's like, well, one's not a a disease that somebody could bring to another person you, you know and we still pass laws to protect people who are driving in cars and we put messages on cigarette packages so people are aware of the health has- so like it's like we do things it's not like we okay we don't shut down the economy you're right because people die in auto accidents but we do make car manufacturers take precaution to limit the carnage from an auto accident so it's a it's a very, yeah, the airbags. I mean, not to say the airbags are going to save you, but there are precautions that are taken. You know, we in driver's ed, we watch, you know, movies about uh, how to drive safely just so you wouldn't get into those accidents. Um, I think Trevor Noah had a bit where he said that, um, you know, coronavirus, because it's an invisible virus, you don't see it. Um, people just think that it's okay to go outside. He said, if there were zombies running outside, would we be outside? So, you know, he said, you know, you need something concrete or, you know, for some people to believe it. And if Donald Trump is saying, you know, and for people who support Donald Trump blindly, and he says, oh, this is no big deal, that's how they're going to think. It doesn't matter who tells you. You can have a Nobel Peace Prize winning scientist telling you stay inside, but they'll still listen to Donald Trump. Yeah. Let's be, let's be real. That's the way it is. And I, I don't understand it because there's leaders that I admire, but if they told me something I didn't necessarily think was correct, I wouldn't necessarily do that. And it's just this blind following of Donald Trump that just perplexes me. You know, it's one thing if he was this genius, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's very, it's, it's very telling. Yeah, and Donald Trump has not. Compl- I, I mean, <laughs> what's that? Oh, you. I D- Donald Trump just. Sorry, uh, I missed it. No, I, I missed it. No, what I was saying, Donald Trump hasn't completely left the the planet on this one. Like I said, uh, he's sending out one message where he has these briefings where he's uh, the purported purpose is to. Uh, keep the country alerted as to what he's doing to protect us, and then at the same, but at the same time, uh, he's sending out this other message, which is like this is way overkill. Uh, so, but he hasn't completely he hasn't completely stopped yeah. doing the first part of the exercise, which is saying, okay, pay attention to what I'm about to tell you, and he's still pretending like he's listening to these doctors, uh, the so-called doctors. Uh, so it's a it's a very yeah. bizarre time, and then we have local leaders. Pretty soon, he's going to come after Pritzker. Uh, the, and today, he came after Michigan, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he will come after him again. But you know the thing is, the thing is, he 
he's he's having these news conferences, but then he's using this the opportunity when there are governors who don't necessarily support him have um you know the sort of dissent in terms of protests for the shelter at home orders. So he's using it as a political tool when he can to speak out against those specific, you know, elected leaders. That's the way I see it. All right. Now, as long as we're talking about national politics, let's keep it there. Since the last time you're in the show, I don't think uh, Biden had Joe Biden had received the endorsement of Bernie Sanders uh, when you were last on the show. But since then, he's got Bernie Sanders endorsement. He got Elizabeth Warren's endorsement. Uh, he's pretty clearly going to be the uh, the Democratic nominee. Um, he wasn't my choice. That's for certain. Uh, Romana, you know that we've talked about this uh, a lot uh, over the last few months. And at the same time, it, it, while he has gained all these endorsements, um, there is a, uh, an allegation that has merged an accusation by Tara Reid of sexual assault from 1993. Uh, I sent you an article to read about this, so you'd be well-versed on it. Uh, and yet nobody seems on the Democratic side want to talk about it that much. Actually, I'm not seeing a whole lot of talk coming from the Republican side either, uh, more on from the Republican side, just to make Democrats look bad, but they're not really pounding it that hard. It seems as though most people in this country just don't want to hear this accusation, Tara Reid's story. What's your thoughts about all this? Um, I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, I even before it, I guess people heard about it in the New York Times, I saw on Twitter a lot of people, obviously a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters talking about this particular incident um, or alleged incident that happened. Um, I think it's good to bring it up or question whether it happened. Um, I think I think the woman's story, I was reading the New York Times uh, columnist that you sent over, columns that you sent over, and uh, this, but uh, the woman's name is Tara, uh, what's her name? Tara uh, Reed. I'm forgetting her name. Tara, is it Tara Reed? Yeah, Tara, R-E-A-D-E. Okay, the only reason I'm saying I'm like, isn't there an actress? And I was gonna yeah, there's Tara an actress, Tara Reid. Yeah, she was in the American Pie movies. But anyway, uh, it, you know, she originally said that, you know, he would, uh, he had just sniffed her neck or rubbed her shoulders. And then last year, the allegation became more serious that he had, um, had sexually assaulted her in a way. And I shouldn't say in a way, sexually assaulted her. And, uh, you know, people saying that her stories have changed. And so, you know, people wonder whether her credibility is all there. So, I mean, I think it's a good question to ask. I don't think people should brush it under the rug, which I think some people are doing. Um, I, but I don't think it's going to last. I, I think it's already, I think it's something that people aren't going to talk about. I don't know if it's going to come up during the debate with Trump. But I would think it wouldn't, given that Trump has all these sexual assaults. You know, he has like 20-something women who accuse him of raping them. And then, you know, to ask about Joe Biden, I'm sure Joe Biden would have a comeback for something like that. But it's definitely, I think it's something that we, you know, if there are Democrats, if it's something that is brought up, I think you shouldn't ignore it or just pretend that it didn't happen. Because I don't think that most mainstream news organizations picked up on this 
on this story. Well, the New York, I guess people just don't feel that credible. The, the New York Times uh, sat on it for 19 days. I followed this very closely. The story broke. She gave an interview uh, with, um, I forget who she gave the interview with, but uh, anyway, I, it, she gave an interview. So her story was public. It was picked up by, uh, Vox wrote about it. Uh, there was Twitter tweeting about it, as you said. And I saw a lot of tweeting about it. A lot of tweeting. And then for 19 days, the New York Times didn't mention it. And finally, uh, this week or earlier this week, they came out with a story. They did their deep dive on it. Uh, and they've been under uh, criticism, a lot of criticism uh, at the New York Times because it took them 19 days. And they seem to bend over backwards to say that uh, they're not quite sure that there's anything to the story. What guidelines are there that uh, you're an editor? Uh, uh, what guidelines are there that newspapers have to confront when they decide whether to write a story about a, a, an allegation like this? I guess I guess you have to be careful, like legally, like when do these allegations take, get taken seriously? Because I'm not, you know, I'm obviously a, a woman, so I know that a lot of women do have a lot of, uh, you know, incidents that happen to them. They're sexually assaulted or, you know, people sexually harass them and they may not necessarily come forward with what happened to them at that time so I do believe a lot of women I do think a lot of women have credible stories but that's not to say people don't make stuff up or can't call and um, I think there needs to be some sort of corroboration so I think if there's corroboration and you hear more than one person saying it I think that's when you start looking into it and seeing whether this is true or not um, I, I remember, remember that case where that young kid was pretending he was a police officer. I remember someone called me. I thought it was a joke and uh, I just ignored it. And then I kept getting calls like over and over again. So I think it's, you know, it, it might be unfair, but it's the veracity, like whether or not there's more people corroborating the story or whether, you know, somebody like the state's attorney's office is investigating and seeing whether they're actually a case or something they're, they're investigating. Obviously in a case of Biden's, you know, the statute of limitations is fit, is lifted. Mm -hmm. But I think, I, I still think there are good questions to ask because Joe Biden, when it comes to women and uh, the things that he's done with women, obviously, you know, the allegations we've heard about him, or we, it's not even just allegations, we've seen pictures of him kind of rubbing women's necks and like sniffing their hair. So it's not something, you know, you know, that kind of behavior, I don't know, personally, like if there was some, if my boss was rubbing my neck, I would go to human resources. And I guess this behavior was accepted for so long. And, you know, and someone like Joe Biden in front of the cameras is like grabbing you, you know, what do you do? You kind of squirm away. There, there have been pictures of little girls or women squirming away from him. So I think these questions are good to ask. And I think, I think he, I think he did talk about them, right? In one of the debates. And said that you know maybe I need to you know this is what I did and I was trying I don't know he probably didn't get the signals and thought he was being friendly but it's just a little weird to me I wouldn't rub any guys necks I can tell you that much yeah uh, I uh, no I, I wouldn't rub anyone's neck uh, I <laughs> I I don't believe he dealt with it in a debate but I uh, I believe when when some of the when stories first broke last summer uh, he he dealt with it with some kind of public statement saying that he operated under a different set of, uh, I don't know, uh, behavior uh, back that was like rooted in the, They always blame it like, like, well, I'm old, I guess. And this is how we did it in the past. And I'm going to yeah. change my ways. You know, that's 
that's always the excuse. Like, like it was ever an appropriate thing to do, as opposed to something you yeah, just felt you could get away with. Yeah, and I don't understand that. I mean, I do know I have a colleague at work. I can tell you that much. Um, and she worked on the Hill around that time, or a little earlier. And she told me that uh, Joe Biden. You know, there's a list of um, uh, congressmen and senators who are a little handsy, and he was definitely on the list. So young women were told, like, hey, you know, watch out for this person. So I'm just saying that a lot of behavior, it's, it's not acceptable. And it, it wasn't acceptable then. It's just that I guess in some ways and that in the workplace, those kind of things happen. Women didn't say stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they, they felt like they had no one where to turn to. And, you know, maybe the men made it seem like this is what we're allowed to do this. So I, I, I just find it, I, I find it fascinating. I mean, I've been, you know, reading the stories and, um, you know, a lot of people are saying that a lot of women who are all about Me Too are staying silent on this. So it, it, it's definitely interesting. Well, it does remind you know, there's me. There's a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, it does remind me of, uh, in some levels, uh, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. You know, things become political really fast, and nobody wants to acknowledge this. No side wants to acknowledge that there's sort of a political game that's at play here. But in reality, there is. And so when um, uh, Bill Clinton and, and the story with Monica Lewinsky emerged, there was a tendency of Democrats, to put it mildly, including women, uh, to defend Bill Clinton yeah. and attack Monica Lewinsky. And, and then, you know, it was... Uh, when the Brett Kavanaugh story broke, all of a sudden Democrats were saying, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm reconsidering how I behaved uh, 20 years ago, but now is now, and I now understand it. Now here we are. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, everybody said, oh, Bill Clinton, like, you know, I remember when that happened and everybody, there was people feeling sorry for Bill Clinton. And now you look back at the story and there's a lot of, like a lot of people realize that this really destroyed Monica Lewinsky's life in a way. Now, I don't want to say that, oh, she's totally incapable of anything, but it really affected her life. I remember reading the interview and she's like, what man is going to take me home to his parents and introduce me to them? So, you know, Bill Clinton has gone on with his life and he gets paid like $300,000 every time he goes speak somewhere. But Monica Lewinsky is forever branded as that woman as he describes her. So it, it is, it is very, I, that's why I think it's important when women do bring up these allegations, not to brush it under the rug. And just because you believe in one political, like if you really revere someone and they're the guy against Trump, it doesn't mean that you have to stay quiet. I think whoever makes a mistake, no matter how much you like them, they are supposed to be held accountable for anything they did or didn't do. That's just my opinion. Uh, now, as, as long as you're giving your opinion, and I've always said that uh, you should be a columnist <laughs> where you give your opinion on a regular basis, uh, I'm going to ask you to weigh in on a, a story that uh, was about a week old, and uh, it disappeared almost as soon as it came out. Uh, and uh, we missed, I missed my ob- opportunity to ask you uh, your thoughts on it. And I call it uh, Lori's Haircut. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, pictures emerged on the internet that Lori Lightfoot uh, got a haircut. Uh, and uh, even though she did the public service announcement in which she said, you know, uh, good humor, don't, 
This is not worthy of leaving the house, breaking, uh, you know, the quarantine, stay at home. Uh, and it was interesting because uh, it was a backlash, Romana, against the reporters who asked her the question. So it was, yeah. it was like people. There were some reporters. Yeah, go ahead. There were reporter. There were reporters on Twitter weighing in on it too, and and there were you know Mary Mitchell did a column on it too, um, defending Lori Lightfoot. And there's you know there's definitely you know a good defense. People in the sense saying like you know she's the face of the city of Chicago, but at the same time I think the questions were fine. I think I I don't think it was front page news. But when you're making a PSA and you're telling people you don't need to get your hair cut, she obviously got her hair cut, which is completely different. But she was talking about in your hair touched and colored up. She went and got something cosmetically done. And, you know, people like me could probably say, like, getting your hair cut and your eyebrows done or anything else is essential. But it's not at the end of the day. Like, you can just do stuff at home or just let your hair grow out, which I'm doing. But um, she was saying that I'm the face of Chicago, so I got a haircut, and you know this this woman was wearing a mask and gloves. But then we saw that picture of her standing next to this young woman with. Um, but you know the thing is, I to be fair, I don't know when that picture was taken. But there was a young woman standing with her, um, who apparently gave her her haircut afterwards. <laughs> so I think the questions were good. Again, I don't think it was the lead news story, but there was a lot of criticism of people saying, you know, there are African Americans dying disproportionately of COVID-19, which is definitely the case, and people have been doing stories on it, and so a lot of people are like, why are people asking her this when this is the case, they don't care about anything else, and and I thought that was a little, like, hypersensitive. I said, hey, if this was Donald Trump and he got a tan, and, you know, what got the bed, you know, went and got a tan, like an artificial tan in the middle of all this. Everybody that has been criticizing people for criticizing Lori would be tweeting about it. Mm. That's my opinion. So it's the same thing with the Joe Biden thing. It's like, even if you like Lori Lightfoot, you like the way she's handling the coronavirus um, situation and doing the PSAs that are really funny, going on Trevor Noah, that's fine. You can cheer for her but don't you think she should be held accountable for telling the rest of us not to get hair a haircut or do anything like that and then going and doing it herself yeah and at the end of the day i just think it's i think it's a good fair question that's my opinion i know some of my friends feel like it wasn't fair but i think it's a fair question well it also shows uh, that if you're going into journalism you have to have thick skin because you're gonna get uh yeah. <laughs> you know this you've been in the game a while someone is not gonna like what you say you know what I mean? One yeah. side or another. Someone's not going to like it. They're going to get really mad at you. Uh, Donald Trump has turned it into a political movement, uh, you know, assailing one uh, segment of the news media, anyone that criticizes him while uh, applauding another segment that praises him. So it's just a fact of life. You're you're uh, going to get assailed, and those reporters got assailed, even by other journalists. Uh, but uh, I, I, I yeah, agree with you. Yeah, they did. Totally. But um, I do think it's a good question. I don't think there should have been... Okay, there was a question that was asked at news conference. It shouldn't have been asked like over and over again, which I don't think was done the next day. But I think a lot of people are mad because they, they kept bringing it up. And then Lori Lightfoot brought up the disparity, which got other people mad. And so, I mean, that was her way of being a politician, let's be honest. And everybody else jumped on it. So, um, and so I just thought it was kind of, I was kind of funny. And, you know, some of my friends, um, you know, 
they were pointing out, you know, as an African-American woman, you know, hair is very political and, you know, it's something, you know, that is culturally presenting your best self. And I understand that. But I've also told you that I don't think Lori Lightfoot cares that much about fashion. So that's just my opinion. <laughs> like I said, she no. should be, she's got a lot of opinions. Uh, no, but I, I think it was a legit question. I, I do think it was a legit Definitely question. a legitimate question. And by the way, there's, that'll be the oldest trick. Young journalists out there, you're going to learn this really fast. When you ask a politician, a skillful politician like Lori Lightfoot, she's pretty skillful. She's a, been in the game a while. Uh, she knows how to handle questions. And uh, you ask a, a skillful politician a question that he or she does not want to answer, there are all kinds of tricks that they will uh, use to either duck and dodge uh, your question or to flip the switch and make you look bad for asking the question. How dare you ask me this question when we're facing, you know, a pandemic? Like, so the whole point of the question is that it deals with how you're handling. Anyway, does that's just something young journalists out there learn, learn from Romani. That's a trick you're going to have to play, and you just got to move on. But I thought, like, I've, I've watched this in some of the encounters between the White House correspondents, Romana and Donald Trump. Donald Trump plays some of these games, too. Like, you know, he has all kinds of ways of counterpunching to try to get the reporter off his or her game, uh, to try to deflect from the question and uh, make – try to minimize or trivialize the question and make fun of the reporter. And I, I'm, I'm impressed by a lot of these White House correspondents, how they stand up to him. And uh, yeah. they won't, they just ignore the barb and press on with the question. I think that's the best way to deal with it. Yep. That's like Fran Spielman, which I know we'll talk about. Oh, now let's talk about that. Fran, let's give a shout out to Fran Spielman. Uh, who is not deterred by any ducking and dodging and counterpunching. A Chicago Sun-Times uh, City Hall correspondent was one of the top 50 most powerful women in Chicago. Uh, my objection to that list was Ramana Hussein was not on that list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we made, I took every woman who like been on the show in the last month and wanted them on the list. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was... Well, uh, Stacey Davis-Gates was on there. She's on your show a lot. Yes, she should have been number two instead of number whatever she was, but whatever. That's just me. Uh, and then, and then, and then your boss Tracy Bain was on there. That is correct. She should have been number three. Okay. <laughs> and, and then um, Mick's boss is on there too, Louise Kiernan. So everybody seemed to be on. Everybody that we there were people that I knew that were on there. Um, I thought it was a pretty good list. I mean, obviously you have the politicians. You have Lori. Lori was number one, right? Lori Lightfoot, yeah. Tony Packwinkle. You had Lauren Underwood, uh, Melody Hobson, you know, who's married to George Lucas and, you know, is very powerful on her own. Kim Fox, Amy Campanelli. Uh, there was a lot of CEOs on there. Uh, we had Laura Ricketts, Mary Dillon from Ulta Beauty. I forgot Ulta was based in Chicago. We had your favorite person on there, Tina Chen. Um, <laughs> just because of, of the Jesse Smollett. Yeah, my fun. favorite person. <laughs> They should have had Mich <laughs> Michelle Obama was not on that list, was she? No, I don't think she was on that. No, list. but you know, now I guess technically she's not from Chicago. I mean, she is from Chicago, she but maybe because she's not she's not living here or working here. Well, if you if maybe you uh, if you uh, to, if you base power on like say the ability to get a phone call instantly returned or accepted, I think Michelle Obama would be number one on the list, <laughs> uh, and she still has the house. In Kenwood, True. so you know, and she is from Chicago. 
She's like literally from, we talk about who's from Chicago a lot. Uh, all right, Ramana, can I let you leave without asking you for your recommendations? And uh, I got a recommendation from you, uh, and it's really paying off. Uh, Giri Haji, it's a show on Netflix. Yeah. Look, you've watched yeah, the whole thing. A, a, yeah, I watched the whole thing. It's Giri Haji. It's actually, I think it's a BBC production. So it's based in Tokyo and in London. So the show is about this um, police officer who goes back to London to look for his gangster. Um, he moved, sorry, he goes to London to go search for his uh, brother who was a gangster in, in Tokyo. Or in, and it's, I, I thought it was pretty good. I know you watched a couple episodes and you're a little skeptical by some of the um, fourth, by the um, fourth show, but it, it's actually pretty good. I thought it was pretty creative. It wasn't a typical gangster movie and maybe because of the layers that they had in it and the, the fact that they you know kind of took Tokyo and London and it's even though it's a British-based production a lot of the dialogue is in Japanese so I thought it was pretty cool I read about it and I recommend it I totally told Mitch that we should watch it. it was my turn to pick a show so that's what I picked and I know we talked a little bit about Tiger King um, they had an extra episode I did not watch that I heard it wasn't that good but I did read your column and which I didn't know was out, sorry. So I did like the column a lot because I did think it was reflective of our political world today and the way people behave and use other people and even animals to um, kind of gain power. I, I thought I thought this show was just crazy, but it was really good. And by the way, you know how we were talking about Joe Exotic and his music videos? So that's not his voice. That's not that's, his voice? Dumb. That's not, that's oh not my crazy. god! I did not know that. <laughs> what a scam! Yeah, I, read, I read that. Oh. Well, it doesn't really sound like his voice, so I, I googled it. I'm like, that does not sound like him. And then it turned out that he was dubbed in all those oh videos. So that's not that go. There you go. He is like Trump. I, I yeah, uh, so that wasn't his. That wasn't his voice. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I wrote a comment about this last week. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I put it on our Facebook wall, but uh, yeah, I do believe it's a political parable for our time uh, and um, that uh, you're up. Yeah, the point you picked up on was uh, the way the followers, the blind loyalty they have to their leaders. We talked about this already with Donald Trump, where uh, there's people saying that there's the coronavirus is not enough of a threat um, to uh, have a shut in and then stay in. And so we're just going to... Uh, we want to go back to work or we want the economy open up right now. Uh, so, yeah, there's this blind allegiance and that's very much a play. Uh, just for the record, uh, Gary Haji, I am loving it. I'm, I really enjoy watching it. Uh, but it's like most shows at some point it goes off the, the tracks. So most of these shows and they're just of so course. unbelievable that and you just have to say, but well, that's gonna happen. Did, you, did you like Breaking Bad? Did I what? Did, did I you like, like Breaking Bad? No. I, I, the <laughs> Breaking Bad was so absurd that I, I've watched I it. it. Okay. See, you know, it's like, all right, nah, this is too it much. Was, it, but you know what? <laughs> While we're talking about recommendations, I did you hear about St. Francis? What's that? That's a, that's a movie. That's, it's like a smaller, um, smaller indie flick that was filmed in Chicago. And I think it was filmed in Evanston. It's about a young woman, um, who is nannying for this couple. And she ends up, uh, she ends up getting an abortion. And is talking a little bit about that. It was supposed to play in theaters 
um, I think within the, I think it came out like a week and a half ago mm-hmm. and it was streaming through, um, I think the music box, you could buy the film, yeah. but I heard good things about it. So I read the same review you normal. did. It was in the Sun Times. Yes. When, when you started talking I about read it. it. Yeah. Sun-Times, <laughs> and then I read it in the Tribune afterwards, but it seemed like a pretty interesting movie. I, I was going to say, if we were living in normal times, I think I would try to go watch that. And are you going to be watching the Michael Jordan documentary this Saturday, Sunday, or that's not on your list? Um, I'm sure I will. I'm sure um, my husband will make me watch it. <laughs> I, I do like I do like Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I remember that. You know, I interviewed Michael Jordan once. No, I did not know that. Oh, well, Ben's but, jealous. But it was it was it was actually kind of cool because he noticed me walking late into a. And he was doing something for um he he does that he 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 does that thing that charity thing for that school a Hills Franciscan I think it's uh-huh. like a private school and he does a lot of work with them. So one year Bob Hergis was my editor at the time and he goes hey go to Hills Franciscan and you know Michael Jordan's going to be there so it'd be a good story good little feature story so I drive all the way. I think it was on the south side and I go to the school and the principal or the woman behind the desk at the office is like, no, this is, this event is downtown. So I came to the event like an hour and a half later and I'm walking in all like flustered. And then I started talking to Michael Jordan. He's like, Oh, I'm glad he could make it today. So he, and he made jokes about me being late. And so somebody told me, Hey, Michael Jordan noticed you. So, I think Michael, so it was cool. I talked to him for a little bit. It was cool. Uh, I think Michael Jordan may like you. Uh, that's pretty cool. I hope that's in the uh, the <laughs> documentary. We'll see. Uh, Ramon Hussein, thank you so much for taking the time. And stay safe. Stay sound. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, Ramon? All okay. Right. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. That's a great Ramana Hussein, Ramana Rundown. And we have some updates here before we roll out. Okay. Uh, J.B. Pritzker is giving his daily COVID-19 update here. We haven't... Wait, hold on a second. Hey, hey, <laughs> you, out there. Hey, that's my line. Social distancing. <laughs> fellers out there smoking a doobie. Oh, hey, uh... six feet. <laughs> Are they sharing it? <laughs> Good Lord. Uh... Oh, we got an update here. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh... Nadir, Issa, Fran Spielman, Tina Svondelez, you should have been on the list, Tina, just saying, and Matthew Hendrickson. Uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is planning to close the state's school for in-person instruction through the end of the academic year because of the coronavirus. The governor and his team have worked through the details of the extended closures this week and, well, are looking to announce this decision uh, as we speak. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is fully on board with the move but isn't expected to attend the news conference with the governor because of a hair appointment. No, I'm just kidding. Scheduling, <laughs> scheduling <laughs> conflicts. Maybe a hair appointment, sources say. Lightfoot on... Sources say. Sources say. Uh, sources say. Uh, which uh, sources? <laughs> Lightfoot on Thursday hinted strongly that the decision was coming but said it was up to Pritzker and she would like to be part Part of that discussion. Well, we saw that coming. We knew that was coming. And then I was talking to uh, Candace Casillo, and they're, they're still talking about bringing out report cards. Talk about mixed messages. Just give everybody a straight A. You know what? The kids are going through so much right now, so much psychological torment. You know what? That's my... Oh, man, I was such a crappy student. That'd be awesome. Uh, yes, an A. A's for everyone, okay? Just for... Dealing with this crisis. All right, there we go. I just settled And before we get out of here for the weekend, let's talk to the live stream chat here. Jay Marie, she's weighing in. 
Uh, she can't believe that you called Breaking Bad absurd. Like what? Like she she just can't believe that uh, you're not a big fan of Breaking Bad. I, What's so absurd about it? You like Tiger King? You didn't say that was absurd. Well, Tiger King is abs- the Tiger King is absurd. Uh, it, it's an, it's absurd the way in which people dedicate themselves to these con artists uh, in Tiger King. So there is an absurdity of it. I, I Breaking Bad. I realize. Uh, that uh, I was not in tune with America in that one. Everybody loved it. And I don't know, Jay Marie, I just, uh, it, it was one of those things where in a show where the uh, the heroes or the villains are so, uh, well, the villains generally are so powerful and smart and demented and evil and just outrageously so that uh, it just defies all anything it's hard after a while it's a, i find it like an insult to believe it i know it, it like you you have to suspend uh, your disbelief uh you have to suspend you know what with with you just the obvious norms when you're dealing with these shows uh so certain degree i'm doing that with uh akiri haji this uh, detective show and then when they go off uh what do you call it dump uh, jumping the shark isn't that what you say or, yeah 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 jump. it's just like are oh, you know what you went too far you're asking too much of me i can go no further so the dude in uh breaking bad he was like such an evil genius and he was always getting away was all right well okay. we've talked about it before i watched breaking bad uh for like maybe two seasons and it just yeah. got to the point where every episode was uh that jesse feller <laughs> going up to uh walter white and going ah you know things are hard my my girlfriend left me they kicked me out of my apartment my mom just kicked me out now, shut up let's cook you idiot let's cook that's all it turned out like walter white was just a huge jerk and that was just like that happened over and over again yeah i love that like all right let's cook i, I get it that's my favorite part of the show is dennis's imitation remember oh. the old days dennis do it again one more time please. Oh, my mom she broke my skateboard threw it in the dumpster uh, she wouldn't even make me oatmeal now, shut up let's cook you idiot <laughs> yeah that's good and then I liked, I did like the spinoff, uh, Better Call Saul. Remember when I was in yeah. that for a while? Uh, yeah, yeah. What happened there? Better Call Saul. It, you know, it's I still just, around. Yeah, I found the brother so annoying. I just, I just stopped watching. You know, it's, here's the thing. I have a confession to make. One of my famous com- confessions. Mm-hmm. After a while, most of these series, it's like, yeah, they run out of material. And I go, all right, on to the next one. So, yeah, but that's the beauty. There's always a next one. Everybody's got their recommendations now. Uh, Jay Marie asks, what about Ozark? Uh, have you watched Ozark? Yes, I watched about three episodes of Ozarks. I thought it was uh, pretty clever. I love Justin Bateman, so I, I may get back <laughs> to it. You called it Ozarks with an S at the end, and then you called him Justin Bateman. Oh, I did that before. What's his it's real name? Ozark, and then Jason Bateman. All right, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, my bad. Uh, Ozarks. Uh, and uh, But, uh, yeah, I like Jason Bateman. He's funny. And so, yeah, I might get, that, I get that, uh, that. Ozark hits too close to home for me. I used to live in Lebanon, Missouri, which is right in, like, the Ozark area, Lake of the Ozarks, uh, Osage Beach, and all that. Guys, that stuff's real. Like, those people, like, that that's real. Like, so do you watch the show? No. It, oh. it freaks me out. It makes me feel like I'm back in Lebanon. You watch one, one or two episodes? Yeah, I watched, like, some of one. Like, oh, my God, I was getting, like, flashbacks of people offering me meth. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I may I may get back to it though. I don't know. There's so many shows. So and many shows Peaky Blinders, someone is uh, recommending. Uh, have you seen Peaky Blinders? No, I've heard about it. I, somebody recommended it, and I I looked at the picture. You know, on Netflix where you have the little pic. Ah, by the way, guys, don't look at me. It's like uh, when Joe Rogan said, "Don't look at me for recommendations." It's uh, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, I, I still watch movies. I still watch old movies. And uh, hey, everybody on the live stream chat, live stream chat family, Brianna, Pat Rod, Jeff, Jay Marie, KMA Barry, say hey to Fred, all right? Fred is uh, new to the live stream. Oh, that's my phone ringing. <laughs> Elmhurst, Illinois. Uh, hmm. I, I know someone from Elmhurst. Probably our guest coming up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what was Fred? Fred uh, has joined us this week. I think I could tell he listens to the show. Uh, maybe he downloads and he's taking the, the deep dive over to the live stream chat. What's up, Fred? Fred, I love your comments. You help make us content on the program. Uh, earlier we were talking about uh, teachers giving all students A's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred says, yay for our teachers. For giving all A's. Yeah. Yay for our teachers. <laughs> Yay for our teachers. <laughs> You're fitting right in, Fred. <laughs> Yay for Ann Burke. Who came next? Yeah, all the good old days. Bruce Rauner. Uh, Bruce Rauner was, uh, I don't know, an easier villain to deal with than the coronavirus. Yeah, give them all A's. God damn, it's hard enough that people give out report cards. Kids haven't been to school in over a month. Give them a report card. Okay. Half of them don't have computers, or a lot of them don't have computers. They can't do their homework anyway. So, yeah, just give them A's. Come on. Hey, have a good weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, you guys got any plans? That was a joke. No one's got plans. You're sitting at home. Be safe. Do some laundry. Clean up. Wash your face. Wash your hands and all that good business. Right, Ben? Wash your face and wash your hands. Well, I had to, usually it's the wash your hands, but wash your face too. Oh, and of it. course, stay home. <laughs> Come on. Baby, I don't want All right, I'm going to say this. Listen, that is David, right, on the accordion. Yep. Lis- listen to David. Don't listen to Donald Trump. You know, things are pretty bad, politically speaking, when I'm saying, listen to the guy on the accordion. Don't listen to the president of the United States. Stay home. Believe in the doctors. Believe in science, folks. Save your life. The economy will come back. We'll be back at work. We'll be out of the attic soon enough. Right, D? But Maybe. let's just be... <laughs> I don't think Dennis ever wants to leave. Oh, these sandwiches are delicious. Yeah. Oh, by the way, could you cut the crust off? That's We're zooming. You be in the studio, I'll be in the attic. <laughs> I'll be in the attic. Uh, loving the sandwiches. Anyway, a great week of uh, guests. And we still have one more bonus guest to go, Candace Castillo. We'll be uh, reaching out to her in a little while. That uh, will drop Yeah, on check out our Biddy J. Let's plug Saturday, those real quick. Yeah. We got Candace Castillo on Saturday that we're going to drop on uh, Sunday or Monday. I'm not sure offhand. Uh, we got a, a John Prine special yes, with uh, was, a writer. And uh, uh, what was his Mark name? Mark Garino uh, and Dr. Pamela uh, from Alton, the Alton area. The downstate doctor. And guys, the jury's still out. I thought we were going to uh, nip at the bud here, the ongoing mystery. Who does downstate like more, Bruce Springsteen or Jimmy Buffett? You can find out uh, the results <laughs> when we talk with Dr. Pamela. Oh, uh, uh, Dr. Pamela did a great move, yeah, uh, on, on that question. It was the last question. We had this long serious discussion about the pandemic, about how it's affecting people downstate, and she was once more uh, extolling the virtues of Medicare for All, talking about how important it was, and then right before we close, we uh, threw the uh, Bruce Springsteen question at her. So that, I guess that'll drop on uh, Monday, and well, Mark Garino's interview about uh, John Prine will go uh, Sunday, and uh, Candace Castillo, we're going to be taking a deep dive on all the political Woo! issues of the day. Uh, with Candace, and that'll drop on Saturday. So plenty of bonus material. Indeed, there's also all the material. We have over a year's worth of interviews and shows. We got a deep archive. What can we say? Yes, you we know? do. 
a year's worth of programs there. Go check them out. I'm sure there's one you haven't listened to. You got nothing going on. Chicago Reader, Chicago Sun-Times websites, wherever else you download your favorite podcast, subscribe. Subscribe to our show uh, one more time. Everybody have a safe, sound weekend. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. And I just want to say this, what everybody in the 618 knows, back home in Alton, they call Dennis. him White oh. Lightning. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you next week. So come on, baby, you don't need to go. No, yeah, come on, baby, you don't need to go. No, let's keep everybody safe and stay home, Chicago. The bright stops, yeah. That's correct.